What's up, everybody? It's Erin. Mm. And Nicole. This is Dude That's Fucked Up. Welcome, welcome. Hope you're well. Oh. Calm. Uh, well. <laughs> Hope you're well. Not, I don't know. I, oh, God. It's been a while. It's been like two weeks. We have. It's been like over two weeks since we've recorded one. Yeah, we, we had a... Stockpiled some uh, recordings there, yeah, because we had to do some things. Yes, so, but now we're back. Uh back on our schedule. Back on our bullshit. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, you guys, we have a, a real fun episode. Oh my god, it's so I fun. Think. I think truly it is. There's so it's much fun. fun in it. It's so dumb, and I didn't even know about it till this week when you mentioned it. And it's like in the pop culture lexicon. I feel like it's very of the moment. People are talking about it. People are like, what is this? We're going to tell the people. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. But before we get to it, do we have any business? I don't think I have business. Do you? No. No. Good. I'm just like, you know, trying to get used to being back in the swing of things. Back in the business. <laughs> Back in the business. I know. Recording the podcast. I know. It's been, it feels like it's been so long. It's been a while, baby. Yeah. It's been a while, baby. Well, do you have anything fucked up this week? Um, not really. Just that, um, well, this past weekend, DJ and I went to, uh, Catalina, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Catalina Island for a little, um, the islands. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for a little getaway for a little baby moon um mm-hmm. and we left jack with uh dj's parents they came in and watched him mm-hmm. and we just had a real nice weekend oh. um mom and dad on their own oh real nice yeah oh my god it's like taking you back to circa 2018 2019 20s no 2017 2017 yeah <laughs> I was this, I was like looking through my uh, my photos on my phone mm-hmm. from like our trips our trips that we've ju- we just took all these trips in 2017 and I was just like, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we did this we did this baby moon to Catalina and um, we we're so psyched and I, I really loved it. It really mm-hmm. scratches the itch of traveling and. You know, we could just take a ferry out of Long Beach. That's only an hour. And it really feels like you're going somewhere completely different. You mm-hmm. don't have to get on a plane. You're on a boat. It's open air. It's just like mm. it was really, really, really lovely. And Catalina's like super touristy and stuff. But it's just like also very cute and small. And it was perfect. It was just like the perfect little getaway. I loved it so much. Uh. Um I am a- actually angry. I've never been there before. Being born oh, and raised, born and raised in Southern California, isn't that oh, ridiculous? I didn't know it was also your first time there. I thought, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, yeah, wow. My I've family loves been. it, so we. I've been a bunch, but I yeah. loved it. I get it. I uh, highly recommend if you've never been before, oh. and you live in California, or even if you're like not from California and you're just like maybe gonna do a trip to California at some point. Put it on your list. Put it on your list. It's yeah. so easy to get there, especially out of Long Beach. Oh my God. So You can easy. go for the day. You, you can don't go even for the have day. to spend the night there. You take the express the Catalina Express over, you take it back the same day. Hmm. And so the reason why I bring this up, not mm-hmm. to like talk about how great I had a little trip and all that bullshit is. <laughs> the on the boat ride out, on the ferry ride out. So I heard 
overheard people talking about how somebody had gone overboard the night before mm. on like the last ferry back to the mainland. And I was just like, what the fuck? Oh and I like obviously did not look it up the entire time we were in Catalina, but it was like in the back of my mind. Yeah. But then when we got home, I like read about it. So crazy. This man young went man. overboard. Young guy mm-hmm. went overboard. He's from Long Beach, I guess. And like, mm. or he was on the Long Beach ferry because there's a, a few of them that go like from yeah. different ports. But mm-hmm. yeah, he just can't. It's like not clear if he like jumped overboard if he was like you know drunk or something and just Mm. like or foul play or foul play or what but they by the time somebody had seen somebody saw him go over is somebody who worked on the on the uh, Long Beach Express saw him go over Mm -hmm. by the time they man overboarded like threw a ring into the water turned the ship around they couldn't find him he was already Mm. like underwater or drifted away or whatever oh my god an absolute nightmare what a nightmare oh oh. so like the whole time i had this in the back of my mind and then we have this like nice relaxing weekend we're watching the euros dj and i love to watch soccer Mm -hmm. and as we're watching the euros on saturday morning fucking christian erickson from denmark drops dead (gasps) on the soccer pitch oh my god had an instant heart attack he was dead on the pitch they brought him back to life on live television the most horrifying thing i have ever seen in my life i was oh my god we were both just crying we were like because they didn't take the camera away they didn't oh no they kept they kept it on the like scene on the field like you couldn't exactly see what was happening Mm -mm. because all the players from his team were like standing around to block the view but everybody in the stands is crying all the players are crying the everybody's just like ashen face and you can see on the ground you can see his legs kind of sticking out from like the people standing around him and you could see they're doing full chest compressions. Oh my god! Because like, because his legs are like flopping yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh they, my god! Then they defibrillated him, and you could see his whole body jerk. It was horrifying. It, oh. I, and I saw it live. I saw it happen the minute it happened. Oh my god! I will never forget it as long as I live. So I like have this like thought of this poor man going overboard. Ugh. Then I see this. You know, we're trying to have this, like, relaxing time. We had a wonderful time. Great. But, like, the entire time, the specter of death was just hanging over us. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. Oh, my God. What is happening? Yeah, so. Oh, that we went. I was in Alaska. And we went on a whale watching uh, trip, which is on, like, a similar boat to the Catalina Express. Right. it's um a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. it's like very very similar setup. Like you, you can have go like up on the top inside and... tiers. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like mm-hmm. stairs. There's like a deck you can go out on, and there's children. Like my nephews and niece are kind of like running around, which people kept saying don't run, but then they would do it anyway. And I was getting like very anxious, and I'd be like, "Your mom just said don't run. You're not supposed to be running." Like I was like getting so mad, and then there's like these little um doors for when you dock that like don't they're not like locked they just Yikes. have like a little like spike you know it's like a little hole a with little, little hole, spike like a, in a it a little la- to like keep a, it a chain latch yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. like it's not locked someone could just like flip that up and fall through and i was or like, yeah oh. if you hit it hard enough 
Yeah, it jiggles out or we yeah, hit some rough yeah. water and it just opens and a kid goes bloop and I oh was just God. like, oh my God. Uh, but mostly, you know, it was fine. Like adults were around and but I was just like thinking the whole time like, oh my God. And then I saw that same day, I saw an article about someone had gone overboard off the Candelita Express like on an Instagram like Long Beach post or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Like, yeah. that really happens. It doesn't it happens. happen a lot, but it happens, and it can happen, and it's so scary. And, I mean, this shit was in broad daylight, and, you know, oh. it was still light outside, and yeah. but it's just the current so strong. I mean, you're in open ocean between yeah. – Catalina, like, looks – you could see it off the sh- coast right. on, a on a clear day. day. Yeah. Um, but also, like, the channel between the mainland and the island are – is, is – huge and it's, it's open ocean and yeah, yeah. you know it's like the current strong the water is freezing oh. and the pacific ocean is cold as fuck guys so yeah, like it's, it's really not cold. yeah i don't know so i just oh my god that's so scary i know so scary so awful so just two very horrifying things that happened in my like peripheral peripheral vision at the like not in my literal peripheral vision yeah but, like, yeah yeah in the back of my mind is yeah. what i mean the whole the whole time just things looming <laughs> just things looming bad vibes no we don't want none of that on our baby moon I, but you know it was horrifying but the you know the well the guy was never found that went overboard yeah. he's presumed dead now yeah but, which uh god bless R.I.P. his whole family oh my god so sad oh my god. young guy and then christian erickson he's only 29 years old and he like out of nowhere just But they revived him. But they revived him. But my God, if he was anywhere else in the world, would he have, you know? No, he would have just been dead. I don't know. That's what happens. Horrifying. Horrifying. If you're not around anyone, yeah, that's, oh man. (sighs) Oh God. Uh, Mine's uh, not as, um, (laughs) mine's, my my whole life right now is death related. uh, Yes. And every day is like a near meltdown. I definitely had one today after Oh my God, the DMV. Ugh, it's a nightmare Ugh. getting things. The DMV right now, just you've said it a few, like a couple episodes ago or like several episodes ago, but right now it's just like a fucking mess. And I was like, I might murder someone. Dude, that's the thing. Honestly, everybody's on, on the verge right oh. now. I just, well, it's like I couldn't talk and to just, a human. Even if it's they're like, not, even if they're not dealing with heavy shit yeah, like you yeah, are, it's just yeah. like everybody's right there. I know. And I love the page about like, you know, it's like, oh, if when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one, like we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you. Are you? No, they are not. Bitch, you are they, not. Yeah. Uh, 100% absolutely are not. No, ma'am. No, thank you. That's not the truth. That's not real. That's fake news. And so anyway, that's not my fucked up because that it's too fresh right now. And I could rant about it for the full episode. And I will save everyone that because um, I've done enough of that today. (laughs) Um, But my thing is kind of related to what we're going to talk about or it'll maybe give us a good segue. But so Pete and I were in Alaska and um, just for anyone who's not traveling right now, don't even bother. Honestly, (laughs) It was nice to get away, but, like, you're jammed on a plane with fucking everybody and their brother, and it's the same old shit, different day. It is like the pandemic never happened. It is, you know, they're like, nothing's wiped down. Everything's just the same old shit. Only we're wearing masks now, Mm -hmm. which is actually good. 
Um, so maybe it's a little bit slightly better. But also everybody's more on edge and yeah. on the verge of yeah. having meltdowns. Yeah, for sure. Because we've seen it in the news. Uh, yeah. All these people acting like they've never been on a fucking plane before oh, in their lives. Fucking, or been anywhere. Anywhere. Like been yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so going, going to Alaska, like, was fine. Like, we're TSA pre-check, you know. Everything is very smooth. It was pretty painless. The flight itself sucked. It's just, like, I've never been so aware how sandwiched in I am uh, mm. with other people. And, but it was, like, very early flights going up. So we just, like, mostly slept the whole way and, like got there and it was fine good and then coming back pete like does our um he does our like check-ins or whatever and he goes hmm yours doesn't say tsa pre-check and i was like no bitch no and i was like what oh no which it would have been fine had we been traveling the whole way one shot but we stayed the night in seattle so i like had to go through security twice once in alaska once in seattle and I was like, oh, no. And I was, like, very upset. I never got an email saying it's expiring. Nothing. And I and so we, like, redid it. We paid for it. But it still had to, like, be cleared. Yeah. You have to, like, still go and do yeah. all the bullshit. Yeah. Well, here's the good news. Juno fucking TSA is on the front lines of terrorism. They are. <laughs> if you're traveling through there, no one is hijacking a plane. No one is committing terrorist acts because these people – these TSA officers are do they have taken an oath? <laughs> oh no. It was so dumb. Every fucking time we go through there, if you have a bag of mixed nuts in your carry-on, it is a food item, ma'am. You need to pull this out of your bag if you're coming through security so we can look at it. Everything is like they are double x-raying everything. It's what? so they're not really, but every but the nuts thing is true. Like we had brought snacks last time we came home, like some gummies or something, like some fucking trail mix, and they were like, "You need to remove this from your bag and send your bag through again." It was insane. I had a bunch of like butt wipes that I bought, like <laughs> like for poop, you know, adult cottonelle yeah. butt wipes or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I only could buy them in like a super like five pack, <laughs> and they were all like taped together. That caused a red flag. They like opened those up. They were like, "What is this?" They were they like, like, "Bitch, you've been to Target. You've seen these. You know what they are. Come on, man. If you don't know what these are, your butthole is nasty. Yeah, it is not clean. It is not wet wiped. It is. I'd be like, you don't know what butt wipes are. Ew. Fucking your asshole smells like doo doo. I can smell it from here. It has your fucking underwear skin marks. Get out of my face. Um. Anyway, it was so. It was bad. And then. Uh, I just was laughing to Pete because it's so, you know, you got to take your shoes off, everything. Like, you're just like, it's just so much worse without the pre-check. And uh, the next day at Seattle, I was like, oh, God. Pete was like going to come with me. I'm like, please do not. I like almost picked a fight. I was like, also, it was his birthday that day. And I was like, do not be a martyr. You do not have to stand in this line with me. Please go in the other line. Go through. Like, take this with you. We had, like, a, a artwork print thing that we had that we were, like, carrying on. I was like, take this. Go in the other line. I'll be fine. And then it was like, oh, God. The Seattle one, not as bad. But still, they opened my bag. This time, I had put the butt wipes in a checked bag, so that wasn't a problem. <laughs> but I have this, like, baby sound machine that makes white noise. And they were mm-hmm. like, 
they were like talking to me like ma'am what's in your bag but I couldn't tell what they were saying because it was so loud in there because it's like super high ceilings there's just like 12 lines going everyone's not the talking. best acoustics no. no not and I'm like what I'm sorry I can't hear you and everyone's wearing a mask and so it's just like garbled I'm like I'm I'm so sorry I cannot hear what you're saying to me and then the guy like co-working with the other person was like is do you have a, some sort of fan in your bag? And I was like, oh, it's a noise machine. And they're like, oh. And they just like pulled it apart, like sent it back through. My bag's just fully open on the belt. There's just like shit coming out of it. I was like, this is Jesus Christ. Who? Do, why do we do this like voluntarily? You know, <sighs> and it's always coming back. It's always coming back. That it's never going there when you're excited and you're like way calmer and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like we're going on vacation. We don't care. It's like vacation's over. You're tired. You're sick. You uh, maybe are hungover. You're you fucking have backed diarrhea up. That yeah. you need all those fucking or you have diarrhea for. Yeah. yeah, you're backed up or you have diarrhea from your travel. You're exhausted. You're, you're yeah. exhausted. Yeah. And they're like, oh. What? Excuse me. Why do you have a snack in your bag? Jesus Christ. I know. So anyway, it was a lot. But um, wow, 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 wow. You know what? I'm I guess I'm grateful that that we have to do that because of what we're going to talk about today. It is. Oh, we're talking about 9-11. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's fucked up, but it's not funny. Today's no, topic no. is way funnier. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, today's topic is not 9-11. No, no. <laughs> but we could have done with some fucking precautions at the time that this happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Also, the reason we chose this episode is because uh, that is a good segue into what we're talking about, but mm-hmm. we're... we're the reason we wanted to do this topic is because we're watching. You're watching Loki too, right? Yeah, yeah. The new Marvel series Loki mm-hmm. just came so out. Good. Oh my we're god. not um, promoting it or anything. It just. I wish. Oh my I god, f- Marvel, call me. <laughs> yeah, please, God. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's just like in. It's just like the new hot shit. So we're mm-hmm. watching it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, on the first episode, there is a a, a little. Uh, like sidebar kind of little story they go on about how Loki was actually a man named D.B. Cooper. Mm, mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. like this little vignette of him on an airplane and he hijacks it and gets money and then gets like blasted back to Asgard, I guess. So (laughs) blasted (laughs) back to Asgard. Asgard. You know what it is. <laughs> yeah, but that could be a that could be a euphemism for like diarrhea, or like or butt stuff, or butt stuff. Ooh, yeah, that's more fun. Mm-hmm. And um, then diarrhea. <laughs> but like we're watching it, and I'm like, oh yeah. my god, DB Cooper. That I love that little like that little you know I, Easter nugget. egg. I guess yeah, yeah, little nugget. Egg. Yeah, yeah. And DJ's like, who the fuck is DB Cooper? And I was like, I said the oh, same bitch. Thing. Mm-hmm. oh bitch, oh bitch. This man, we're going to talk about this man right now. Oh, my God. This man, D.B. Cooper, uh, and I'm sure this spawned a lot of questions for people who are like, okay, what is that? What was that whole segment of Mm -hmm. Loki about? Like, it's like you kind of have to know who D.B. Cooper is. Our generation, probably not as familiar. I only know about him because I listen to 8 million podcasts and I've heard about it like, you know, years ago on fucking... I don't know, Astonishing Legends or something like that. So mm. um, mm-hmm. 
So D.B. Cooper was a man who hijacked a plane. Mm. Uh, it was a real thing that happened. Um, and it wasn't Loki. <laughs> it no. was a real person who did it. We don't yeah. know who, though, because as of still to this day, nobody really knows who the fuck D.B. Cooper was, is, could have been. And it remains an unsolved mystery. So we have fucking to talk about it because it's so fucking crazy. FBI unsolved mystery. Oh, my God. I, I love, love it. it. I love oh it God. so much. No. All right. So this is uh, the story of D.B. Cooper. Um, on the afternoon of November 24th, 1971, mm. which is, I guess, then that was back on the calendar. That was Thanksgiving Eve. Mm. I feel like we need a name for that. Mm. Like it should be its own holiday, you know? Just it should be the, like the prep day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we're all getting our fucking uh, houses cleaned and <laughs> everything's thawing and yeah, we're making gravy or whatever. Giblets Wednesday or something. Salmonella Wednesday. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I call Christmas Eve Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve the day before Christmas Eve because it's like. Yeah. Everybody's like ready to get the fuck out of work and party oh, and hang out yeah. with old friends and shit. So Yeah, and that's the and that's the night before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Is like a big like it's a big drinking night and stuff. So That's yeah. right. We'll come yeah. up with it. Just we'll figure it out. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah. So this is nineteen seventy one. Mm-hmm. So everything's uh starting to get browner, I think. <laughs> Decor wise. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both. I don't know. Yeah, it's very right. We're getting very seventies. Mm-hmm. We're entering the the best worst decade. Yeah, like mod mod squad like era yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, I love uh, it. I love it too. Um, and this man, a nondescript quote unquote nondescript white man, redundant. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> the most milk toasty forty year old forty something year old man you've ever. <laughs> seen or not seen, walked into the Portland (laughs) airport and bought a plane ticket at the Northwest Orient Airlines counter, Mm. which was headed from Portland to Seattle. It's so... Okay, I was just watching... um, I caught the end of uh, The Wedding Singer the other day. Mm -hmm. And he, like, goes to... You know, he's, like, chasing her to Las Vegas or whatever, and he just, like... They all just, like, run into the airport and buy a ticket at the counter. And it's, like, wild to me that you can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like... That's not a thing that could happen. And you could never travel like, you know, pe- some people might want to be like, I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm just going to go to the airport and figure it out. But you could never. I mean, you could technically go up to the the counter counter and be like, are there any tickets available for any oh. flights today? I guess that's true. Yeah. People flying last minute for like if someone dies or like a like, like last flights- minute. Flights are not always full, like most are, but like, especially nowadays. Yeah, most are. Oh. Um, But you could fly standby or whatever, but like, yeah, but this is like, he was in the airport, like Mm -hmm. there was some, maybe some security, I don't think so. Like a metal detector, maybe. No, not even, probably. Not even, I don't think so. I don't, I think you just like, it was just like a parking lot for airplanes. (laughs) You just walk in, it's an open air situation. You hail one. Yeah, you get you walk up to the counter and you buy a ticket and you're like, yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna get on this plane right here. Yeah. Is that cool? And they're like, Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but also like, yes, 
could not be more different than how air mm-hmm. travel is today where there's just no security yeah. if there is any it's like a police officer being like hey you're white go right ahead kind yeah. of thing um, sir sir fellow white um <laughs> but the craziest thing about this isn't the fact that he just like walked up to the counter and bought a ticket for a, a random flight mm-hmm. he bought a ticket under a alias dan cooper mm-hmm. was the original name that he used uh but it was later misinterpreted misreported as db cooper oh which is a typo and it stays <laughs> because db cooper just sounds so much cooler than dan cooper um it's, it's like also dan even... cooper was a fake name anyway so who cares yeah who cares he doesn't care he's not correcting people yeah. uh it's like that scene in stepbrothers where it's like pan i'm pan? sorry did you say your name's pan? pan it's like yeah i'm sorry did you say your name's dib it's like no it's dan dib uh i like, guess what yeah i no it wasn't it wasn't like that it was like they they looked for a, a person after this whole thing was like over and they're investigating that they found a person in the area oh that was Cooper. named oh okay and okay. they just like said it was this the name and so anyway it just got Probably all confused that. yeah 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 wires crossed you know what it is yeah yeah yeah. um but yeah th- this man just walked up to the airline counter gave a fake name without an id i'm assuming i'm assuming yeah they didn't need ids to travel them probably and he just hopped on that damn plane Mm-hmm. he just j- got right on there no problem oh god yeah oh so he gets on the plane immediately uh sits down in his aisle seat in the back of the plane mm-hmm. orders a bourbon and soda mm before the flight even took off just chilling relaxing i would be like the balls on this man to just be like can i have a bourbon and soda before they've even taken off but i think that was just airline travel back then yeah 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 um and he wasn't you, in first class no 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 this where you is, could get a drink before you take off like this is just standard normal like plain <gasps> behavior the golden in the golden times I don't know if this is the golden times. You also, he smokes several cigarettes as well. So because you were also allowed to smoke on planes then. So pros and cons, you could just like, Fair. you know, have good service and also smoke on the plane. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, and he also got on the plane using a fake name. And spoiler alert, like I said, he's about to hijack this motherfucking plane. So <laughs> no security, just lax as hell. And uh, I don't know if it was like still... It was in the golden era of air travel for sure, but yeah. uh, mostly cons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> With not, this particular flight anyway. Yeah, it's maybe not so golden. It's a little brassy or something. It's the 70s orange. Yeah, it is. It's burnt sienna. Burnt sienna. <laughs> um, also, I think, just to paint a picture, I think in the year prior to, oh no, the year following this, 1972, 31 hijackings were committed in U.S. airspace, and 19 of them were for the uh, specific purpose of extorting money, and then the most of the rest were attempts to reach Cuba. So, like, I guess this wasn't, yeah, not the best time to be flying if you wanted to get to your destination unscathed. It was just, like, happening all the time after, like, it... <laughs> like, I before, guess... during, and after this period until they really tightened shit up. Yeah, you, like, literally could just hijack a plane, like, no problem. Yeah. All the time, apparently, yeah. during the, the 70s. <laughs> like, I guess one of the main uh, suspects in this, in this uh, which we'll talk about way later, mm-hmm. in this uh, whole case uh, was a guy who hijacked a plane five months later. 
<laughs> like kind of using the same same techniques. I love that they're like I love that this like just kept happening for years. They're like until we can't they- figure it out. <laughs> we don't we don't ask for any ID or have security and like oh all these God. dudes just keep hijacking the plane. Oh these poor God. pilots, all these pe- poor people. It was just a, such a con- it was a common enough occurrence that it was like the way that they described DB Cooper like the any witness that they they talked two who had interacted with him were like yeah he was like super like nice and polite and calm yeah. not like those other hijackers who were like <laughs> take me to cuba <laughs> like literally that was the oh wow I yeah wonder that was why, like the descriptor yeah i wonder why people were wanting to do that i didn't want to look into that i think they just wanted to defect and go like do communism oh. or something i don't know oh interesting interesting yeah so Oh my goodness. Oh, also, oh, I I don't think like I don't think um the like pilot's cabin had like locks on the doors at that point. They maybe not even had doors. It maybe it was just a curtain or like just like a thin um you know like they have between like first a plywood and... door, yeah. Oh no, I was oh, thinking like, oh, a like net. that accordion like netting. Oh. Yeah, or accordion, yeah. Depends on like what airline you're flying on Alaska, it's just a see-through netting that they mm-hmm. like pull and like velcro to the side and you're I like that. this is not i can see you <laughs> yeah <laughs> are I you sure you want to be at that altitude right now <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh yeah no they yeah that's that must have been what it was like because it's like people were probably just like so how many uh gallons per mile how many miles per gallon do you get on this thing yeah it looks like like, looks like the headwind's pretty strong today huh it's like oh my god but that's the thing it's just like everything's so too lax Um, yeah yeah it was just painting the picture here Mm -hmm. um and so on this flight there was like 30 something people it wasn't like a a big flight or anything what a dream can you imagine oh Oh my my God. god nowadays we just stuff people in get them 200 plus like let's how many people can we put on this plane i'm like i'm Um, sorry i'm sitting on your lap so Um. it's like maybe people didn't really care that they were being hijacked they're like all right yeah as long as you like let us off at some point it's Mm -hmm. fine but um yeah yeah or it was like a minor inconvenience or something (laughs) i don't know i know yeah yeah honey i'm gonna be late for dinner my plane got hijacked (laughs) like like my god um, oh my god so yeah shortly after takeoff though db cooper ever so slyly flagged down his nearest flight attendant mm-hmm. florence schaffner um he she was probably thinking oh this guy wants another bourbon soda but mm. no he handed florence a note which she assumed was him giving her her no- giving her his number yeah shooting his shot if you will um mm-hmm. And she just, like, kind of was, like, okay, cool, uh, which says to me that Flo had this happen to her all the time. Oh. Dudes were giving her their numbers all the time. So Hello? She just, yeah. She, t- she took that piece of paper, didn't even look at it, put it in her purse. Mm. And just like in Loki in the show, there's a line that mm. Tom Hiddleston says, mm-hmm. really hot in this particular scene um Mm. not necessarily as loki but definitely as db cooper he goes (laughs) he says to the stewardess or the flight attendant ma'am or miss i should say you better look at that note i have a bomb (laughs) 
and so then she was like, oh, fuck. And sure enough, he had a attache that had something that looked like a bomb in it. Oh. I swear to God, men will literally hijack a fucking plane to avoid Thanksgiving dinner with their family. <laughs> Rather than go to therapy, I swear oh to God. Oh, my God. Ugh. Rather than address their demons, rather than take accountability for anything that they've ever done in this family, they're like, um, maybe we just go somewhere else in this I plane. Just, I just don't feel like going to Thanksgiving. I think I'm just going to like hijack a plane and instead. I don't know. Ugh. Also, like, how much cooler would it have been if he just said, Miss, you're going to want to look at that note and left it at that? Yeah. The next part is like, like, I've got a bomb. I have mm, a bomb. You're giving it away. You know, like, you know. <laughs> She's like, what, did you draw your dick on it or something? <laughs> She's all. She just looks at him glaringly and just rips it up in front of him and yeah. eats it without yeah. reading it. And he's all, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Was not anticipating that. Yeah. Yeah. Florence, Flo, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, fuck. Uh, And according to the FBI website, quote, the stunned stewardess did as she was told upon Mm. opening a cheap attache case. Cooper showed her a glimpse of a mass of wires and red colored sticks and demanded that she write down what he told her. Soon she was walking a new note to the captain of the plane that demanded four parachutes and $200,000 in $20 bills. (sighs) Oh, my God. Look. Okay, first of all, I want to say this is embarrassing. But when I when I first read this, I swear to God, I was like, they keep parachutes on planes? <laughs> I mean, we'll find out that the stuff's not on the plane he asked for it and more stuff happens. No, 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 yeah. But my second thought is, only $200,000? It's a it's an odd amount. Uh, yeah, wait, but, but do they keep parachutes on planes? I don't know. <laughs> I, for commercial airliners, I don't think that it you, matters. Like, you can't really bail out of one. Unless you're on the descent and you're, like, you have to be at flying, the right air. Like, you, have to, you have to be flying at the right altitude, the right speed. Yeah. Which is going to be a factor that we'll talk about very yes. shortly here. Yes, yes. As I, as I learned pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that it's, like, it's, like, oh, if you're fucking going to – if you're on a commercial air, airline and the plane's going down, a parachute is not going to it's not going to help you. It's like, going to suck you into the like yeah. fucking jet the jet. Yeah, you're not the you're not jet. if you get sucked off the plane even if you're wearing a parachute, like you would have to be highly skilled. Yeah. Like at Yeah. I, there's just no way. There's no, There's way. no way. Yeah. So because you you would be like spinning out of control. You'd be mm-hmm. like disoriented. You'd mm-hmm. have a long time ish to figure it out. But also, I feel like the velocity of like falling from that high, you just get going too fast. And when you pulled it, it would just like rip off or something. Yeah, like you'd, you'd just be going too fucking fast. You'd probably. I would hope. God, my hope and prayer is that you just pass out from the g forces. Oh yeah. If you're high enough. Or if, or the air is thin enough or something, if you're high enough up and you get sucked out of an airplane, who's to say? Oh my God. Oh God. Worst nightmare. Worst Um, nightmare. So. One of them. One of them. Yeah. The pilot of this plane, Mm -hmm. William A. Scott, contacted Seattle Tacoma Airport Air Traffic Control Mm -hmm. to let them know 
what the fuck was going on on his plane. Mm-hmm. Um, the local and federal authorities were notified. Um, the 35 other passengers that happened to be on the plane were told by the pilot while they were still flying and en route to uh, SeaTac that they would be delayed in landing because they had a, quote, minor tech mechanical dip- difficulty. I would huh. think that you would want to land sooner if you had a Yeah, why are they difficulty. taking more time? Maybe to gather the money and maybe they needed to like, yeah. buy time? Oh, okay. They needed to buy time. They needed yeah. to like make sure everything was like all the local authorities on the ground were like ready to receive the plane basically. Okay. So, uh, and then in the meantime, Northwest Orient's uh, the air, the airline that was the plane that was being flown, mm-hmm. the president Donald Nyrop uh, authorized payment of the ransom, and ordered all employees to fully cooperate with DB Cooper. Why um, is the plane people on the hook for the money? Why isn't why didn't the FBI have to fork it over? That's so weird to me that they would like be looped in on that. I mean, because the airline is liable. Because they like, let they let this man on their plane. Oh, okay. And he hijacked it. So fucking they they're responsible. That's ridiculous. I don't think so. Fuck fucking every, shout how it should be. Every corporation <laughs> should be like responsible for their fucking. It's like how it's like how nowadays like the fucking like uh, gas pipeline gets uh, hijacked basically. Oh, got, like the got hacked by the computer hackers uh-huh. and that company paid a ransom a I guess lot they of have companies do this yeah they have yeah. insurance yeah oh, okay. so <sighs> fbi that's my taxpayer money no <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i know i know no uh so yeah so the the airlines had got the ransom got the two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and we're in the in the process of getting the the parachutes for D.B. Cooper, as he requested. Uh, mm. The aircraft circled Puget Sound for approximately two hours to allow the Seattle police and FBI to sufficient the like get ready for the plane's landing yeah, and to like gather all the money and the parachutes. That's um, a long-ass to, delay. Two fucking hours? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely circled over LAX for a long time before. Really? Two hours is a lot, yeah. Oh, God. Um. And yeah, so and it just gave him the time to also mobilize any emergency personnel that might be needed in case, because mm-hmm. they didn't really know if he was like going to hurt anybody or if he would accidentally set the bomb off or what. Mm. So mm-hmm. yeah, so at around five twenty four p.m., the ground team, like all the local authorities and the FBI, mm-hmm. had the cash and the parachutes ready. So they told Captain Scott they were ready for him to land. Mm -hmm. Uh, and D.B. Cooper ordered that they taxi to a remote well-lit area after they landed. Mm -hmm. Um, He had the cabin lights dimmed so and ordered that no vehicle should approach the plane, so Mm -hmm. he's, like, very specific in his demands. Mm -hmm. Um, He also ordered that the person who was bringing the cash and the parachutes to come on his own. Mm. So a Northwest Airline employee drove a company vehicle near the plane, not all the way up, but near. And then he had, then D.B. Cooper had a flight attendant named Tina Mucklow lower the stairs so the employee could carry up the parachutes and hand them over and the money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My God. So the employee brought the cash in a large bank bag, like a, like one of those like duffel bag thingies, and yeah. handed it over and 
once those demands were met and Cooper let off the 36 passengers and flight attendant, um, Florence, the original gal that he was passing notes to, mm-hmm. uh, he did not release the other flight attendant, though, Tina Mucklow, who mm. like, did the handoff. Yeah. Or the other three men, the pilot and the co-pilots in the cockpit. Oh, so, my God. So it's an empty plane, save for the one flight attendant, Tina Mucklow, and then the three pilots. I hope all these people, including the person, the employee that had to drive the car and, like, walk the money up, I hope they all got fucking huge bonuses after this for, like, dealing with all this shit. Yeah, I hope so. Speaking of the airlines liable, I'd sue them even if I worked for them. <laughs> it's very dramatic. I feel workman's comp, dude. Yeah, I, don't I know, know a lawyer. Her name's Sandra. She's our friend. I would yeah. be like, listen, this should I, happen to be at work today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, babe? We she got went a, down we got at a case? work today. Yeah. yeah, I need your help. Ugh, I know a lawyer. Oh my god! So, Cooper, DB Cooper, had chosen this flight for a reason not just the location but because of the type of jet that was being used yeah he knew a lot about about this this jet was a boeing 727 100 mm-hmm. uh and he knew a lot about it like a lot a lot um yeah. he also apparently knew exactly what he was talking about when it came to skydiving because TBD. that's how he was planning to make his escape <laughs> yeah TBD on that. We have so much to talk about at the end of this. Yeah. So uh, before, so he obviously, he hijacks his plane. He wants to take back off again in the same plane. Yeah. To make his escape. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really understands like what the fuck's going on. He's just like laying it out for them though. He's like, all right, we need to refuel. <laughs> they refuel the plane. Mm-hmm. We're taking off again. And he has a whole flight path, flight plan that he's going over with the cockpit crew. Mm-hmm. It's a southeast course towards Mexico City. And he tells them exactly how fast he wants them to go, how low he wants them to fly. He says, do the minimum airspeed possible without stalling the aircraft. Like, let's only go like 100 knots. Mm-hmm. Uh, a maximum height of 10,000 feet in altitude. And then he also wanted them to keep the landing gear down uh, after takeoff. Mm. Mm. And he wanted the wing flaps to be lowered to 15 degrees. And he wanted the cabin to stay unpressurized. Um, Oh, this makes sense for something I was confused about later. Okay. So he's obviously an experienced skydiver because you can skydive at about probably the maximum like i don't know what the maximum is but like mm-hmm. 100 to 150 knots um and i mean felix Baumgartner. he went technic- from literal outer space yeah so technically it can be done if you know what you're doing yeah but you have to have the right parachutes you yeah have to, the right you equipment know, the yeah, right sure, equipment sure. yeah mm-hmm. the right suit yeah high up. yeah so this guy's experienced from what like he's saying to them um and he knew that the plane, the jet, was lightweight enough, but also, like, fast enough and, like, you know, stream streamlined enough to fly at such a low speed mm-hmm. through the dense air at 10,000 feet. Mm. And the air is more dense at 10,000 feet than it is at 35,000 feet, yeah. right? So 
he just he knew what the fuck he was talking about he was like knew the knew the specs of the plane knew what the like conditions needed to be for him to jump out of the plane basically um yeah i don't know if everybody kind of i think people realize they're like oh this motherfucker is gonna jump out of the plane i don't Mm. know if they thought that i don't know if they i don't know i don't know what they were thinking i mean he he asked for a parachute he asked for four parachutes so yeah. I feel like that's a that, and then he said at you know he like gave all these instructions. So I feel like you ha- had to deduce that. Also, yeah. the thing that was throwing me off, I didn't realize that he that he ordered the cabin to be not pressurized, but or to like remain unpressurized. But I was like, how did he like open one of the doors and not just get sucked out? You know, because it was the it wasn't pressurized. It wasn't pressurized, right? So that that makes sense now because I was like, dude, that's fu- that that would fuck you up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he yeah. So uh, they yeah. So there he says all this stuff. The co- mm-hmm. one of the co pilots, William J. Radizak, uh, told Cooper like that. He's like, I hear what you're saying, but the range of the the flight path is going to be limited to only a thousand miles because we need to like refuel mm. uh, before we get into Mexico. So they were like, okay, we'll stop. He, he was agreed. He's like, okay, we'll stop in uh, Reno, Nevada mm. to refuel. And then, so they would take that route down that way and then continue on down to Mexico city. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also wanted them to take off. I think I, I can't remember if I, no, I didn't mention this. He, he wanted them to take off with the rear exit door open oh. and it's staircase extended and the airline Northwest home office was like, absolutely not. We're giving you all this fucking shit. Please just don't do this one thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not safe. And you might just fucking kill everybody on the plane if you do that. So mm. um, they're like protesting against this. But they were like, totally fine shuttling a hijacker with a bomb around on the plane. So I don't know. Who's to say? Um, and D.B. Cooper is like, it's totally safe. But like, you know what? You're giving me all this all yeah. this free shit. So I'm not, not going to argue fight you on this. And he said, you know, I'll just do it once we're airborne. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck. OK. Oh, God. <laughs> they're like, hey, we don't we just don't want you. We just had those stairs redone. Actually, we don't want you scratching them on the ground as the plane's taking off. Like, that's the only thing. And he's like, mm, OK. But okay, well, open them in the air. And they're like, uh, yeah, I guess that works. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Nothing will there. scratch them if I open them in the air. <laughs> You're right. Fuck. Uh, Shit. Whose uh, idea was this? They're fired. Oh, God. So after takeoff, D.B. Cooper ordered the flight attendant and the rest of the crew to stay in the cockpit. He's like, don't come out for any reason. Remember, I have a bomb mm. and I'll just blow us up if you come out of the cockpit. Um <laughs> <sighs> crazy i don't oh know my god i i definitely would have ordered another berman and soda at this point <laughs> if like you what were you're getting why, ready if you, to do db uh, cooper i'm db cooper, cooper i'm like oh i was if i was if i was tina the flight attendant i'd be like i'm just gonna grab real quick grabbing some of the mini bottles and we're gonna yeah. we'll be in the cockpit no problem we won't yeah. bother you <laughs> i'm just gonna i mean we're all gonna be having g and t's up front don't worry about it um, no no he could the pilot's always drunk he could totally find <laughs> yeah but totally the pilots are fine yeah yeah uh so remember this is uh, this is just like a plywood door there was no <laughs> keyhole. 
in the cockpit door or, or like anything. cameras or anything yeah no there was no cameras at all um so the crew just had no idea what cooper was doing in the in the main cabin um at uh, 8 p.m., a red light. They're in the they're in the air at this point. At 8 p.m., a red light gave a warning that a door was open, oh. and then uh, the pilot uh, went over the intercom to ask Cooper if everything <laughs> if there was anything they could do for him. Like, do you need do you need a, a pillow or blanket, sir? <laughs> and then DB Cooper was like, no. <laughs> And that was the last time anybody heard anything from D.B. Cooper. Oh, my God. Ugh. A man not accepting help. Typical. (laughs) I'll do it myself. I'm doing it myself. And leave me alone. Leave me alone. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to get out of Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Yeah. God, stop interrupting me. Uh, Hello. This is your pilot, Scott, speaking. (laughs) If you look out of the left-hand side of the plane, you'll notice... uh, The Russian River Valley. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything else we can get you, Mr. Cooper? (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, fuck off. Uh, We noticed a door is open. Um, If you wouldn't mind. No. (laughs) No. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, (sighs) So then at 8.24 p.m., the jet kind of moved a bit, like wavered Mm. in the air. Mm. Uh, The nose dipped first, followed by a correcting dip in the tail end. That was like kind of the like, you know, It did a body roll. It did like a woo, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And the pilot made sure to note that spot where the dip took place, Mm. which was 25 miles north of Portland near the Lewis River. Mm. The crew assumed that it was the aft stairs that had been lowered and that Cooper had jumped. Mm. However, they didn't try to peek or look outside the the cockpit door because they really just were freaked out and didn't want to, like, disobey him Ugh. in case he just, you know, set the bomb off. Yeah. But, like, I'm saying, like, just sneak a little peek. Like, yeah. just look a little bit. Like, just, like, like a get, chew get, and, like, yeah. open the door as he sneezes. Like, just see if he's, you know, still in there. Like, yeah. Like something obviously happened, like, yeah, you know. And if you are assuming he jumped, like, then obviously then he's, he's not, not even there. there. Yeah, yeah. So also, I'm just to sorry. see if he's on the damn plane still. Yeah, yeah. Just do crack the door and just check it out. But also, this man does not want to blow himself up. Like, I don't know. He didn't seem that threatening. I, I'm sure it all felt very serious, but he wasn't like injuring people. He didn't. He didn't have a gun or anything. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he had like mad knife skills or something that we don't know about. And he maybe TBD. Well, we will never find out. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like you could. They could have like. I I know you're supposed to like go with the flow, but I just feel like you could have just opened the door. Yeah. He's not trying to kill anyone. He just wants his money. He, that's why he got four parachutes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So at 10, 15 p.m., the jet landed in Reno, Nevada, the agreed upon place where they would refuel. Mm-hmm. And the pilot came on the intercom again. And after receiving no response, he opened the cockpit cockpit door. Yeah. The cabin was empty and Cooper, along with the money and all of his belongings, was gone. Mm-hmm. Almost all of his belongings. Yeah. He left one of my favorite things behind. Oh, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, okay. They get to Reno. The FBI, everybody gets on the plane immediately. They know he's gone. They're like, mm-hmm. we got to fucking print this. We got to, you know, collect evidence. Yeah. 
They get on there, immediately start bagging everything. They were able to find 36 fingerprints, as well as recover two of the four parachutes he requested, eight filter-tipped rally Mm -hmm. cigarette butts, because he was, like, smoking a ton on the plane we talked about, Mm -hmm. his tie clip, which was, like, a mother-of-pearl tie clip, very beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, and a black JCPenney clip-on tie. How are you going to go wear a tie clip with a clip-on tie? (laughs) A mother of pearl tie clip too. It's like be- it's like, oh look at this beautiful like ornate tie clip that's like so lovely. And you're fucking wearing a clip on tie. I mean, maybe clip on ties were like not that like oh lame. like how they are now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but like also, okay, this miffs me. You want to come on this plane and James Bond it or some shit and J C Penny. <laughs> I'm sorry. A clip. I'm sorry. Did a you say clip a clip on? <laughs> so then he went out tieless. Why not just keep wearing the tie? It's a fucking clip on. It's not going to choke you in the air or anything. It's a fucking clip on. <laughs> God, why did he even take it off? It's so annoying. I mean, because like, it might have flapped in his face or something. But some it'll shit. flap right know. off. Like, then it's just gone. You Throw know it what in I mean? the bag with the money. I don't Throw know. Throw it in the bag with the money. Thank you. That's thinking ahead. I know. Yeah. Um, also, uh, one little little detail that I forgot to mention is the yeah. note that he originally passed to the flight attendant. He took that back from her at one he point. Didn't, he didn't want handwriting analysis. He, yeah. So if you're going to go to all that trouble, why leave the fucking clip on with the mother of pearl clip tie clip? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, it was probably like in 1971, it was like probably the number one sold clip on tie in the United States or mm-hmm. something. So he's like, eh, I can leave this behind. Yeah. But the mother of pearl tie clip. What if that was like an heirloom or something? Anyway, well, it doesn't matter. He left so much DNA behind because he left all those cigarette butts. He left a bunch of fingerprints. The problem was his fingerprints weren't in the database. Oops. No. And also, not sh- not very long after they, like, recovered all this stuff and recovered the cigarette butts, they fucking lost them. Yeah. Good they don't job, have- FBI. Yeah. They're not anywhere. So, like, with 23andMe, that shit could be connected to someone. Like, what if, you know, like, we could find out who it was, but no, we lost him, so there's I no think, DNA. I think they also, this, I I think I read this on the FBI website, that they mm. also recovered some of his hair follicles mm. that were on either the tie clip or the back of the, the seat he was sitting in, so. Oh, but I someone don't accidentally ate them, so. Yeah. <laughs> But they just, like, disintegrated. It's so weird. I don't know. Oh, God. Someone accidentally threw them out with a bunch of other hair that... Somebody just went... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Someone thought it was a dandelion. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, so dumb. Well, the FBI were given the coordinates of where the plane took that little, like, nose dip and corrected, Mm -hmm. um, like, a little after 8 p.m., and that would be helpful because that's when they think he jumped out but the problem was there's like way too many variables to determine like where exactly he would have fallen if that's exactly when and where he jumped out Mm -hmm. um things like how fast was the plane flying at that time which i think today like all the um instruments on a plane like are Are logging that stuff yeah Yeah, yeah, like all every single data point that's like being collected in a plane is like going somewhere so like that could be checked and they would be able to have a better understanding but it was 1971 and this and the 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 pilot was like yeah i guess i was like flying at like you know 107 knots like yeah can't be sure yeah Yeah, i don't i'm not exactly sure yeah um and so they yeah we don't know the like what 
how fast the plane was going, the weather conditions like in the air in that very spot in time at that moment like so you know which way the wind's blowing has a lot to do with all of this and then like how long did he free fall um until he opened the parachute until he or opened maybe the he didn't open the parachute who's yeah just, yeah we don't know yeah, exactly we don't know so they also checked in so there were two f-106 fighter aircraft and um, a Lockheed T-33 trainer that were both following their, the plane after it had left Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, like, out of Cooper's view, so he didn't know that they were there. But um, when they questioned, like, everybody on those planes, one, no one saw anything because it was too dark. And even, like, on their radar or whatever, like, nothing was picked up. Yeah, because uh, that a human being that small is not really necessarily going to be picked up on those radar in those radars, that, yeah. On that equipment, yeah, yeah. And it was like so dark, so they didn't physically see anything, and they couldn't like corroborate the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then two, the T thirty three, the Lockheed T thirty three, was diverted from a National Guard mission that it was on like just prior to this flight, and so it ran out of gas, like. It was like, hey, you're needed. There's, like, a guy. He's hijacked a plane. Can you go, like, shadow this plane and help us, like, see if you see anything? And so they're like, oh, sure. I'm just, like, headed home from work or whatever. They go follow this plane, and immediately they're like, oh, shit. I'm on empty, dude. I got to turn around. Yeah. I'm not going to crash my plane for this stupid (laughs) asshole. Yeah. No, thank you. Also, I read that the F-106, the the fighter planes that were following along, those – couldn't fly as slow as mm. the plane was going so it w- they were kind of like not really on it either they were like didn't have the view of the back of the plane like they you know they wouldn't and they wouldn't have seen anything anyway because it was too dark yeah yeah it was just too dark so yeah yeah so so they do i mean they did have some information so the fbi they're like let's do a reenactment they redo this flight like with the same pilot pilot scott the same i think time of day like as close to the weather conditions as they could you know like get the weather also at this time was not good it was like rainy and shitty and not it's seattle weather (laughs) it's not good for jumping out of an airplane let's just say it's pacific northwest weather yeah um but but you know they're like okay we'll try this out they like recreated this flight and uh in, at the point in time like on the flight path that they think um cooper jumped out they pushed a 200 pound sled out of a plane and hoped for the best yeah. uh and where that landed is where they kind of determined the search area to be mm-hmm. so it was but it was still a fucking huge area and it's like nature you know it's like full of nature it's in the middle of fucking the the forest the forest it's in the fucking forest there's just trees and like creeks and lakes and rivers that meet up with each other and like it is you know it's really hard to search and it's winter so there's like snow on the ground in some Mm -hmm. places the the ground is frozen all this shit um so they do some searches as much as they can they like canvas the area by like plane and helicopter and they're able to find like damaged treetops and kind of search around those knowing that he probably would hit, you know, if he parachuted out of a plane from there, he'd hit something around there. So they were able to determine some of these areas to better search. They found like 
damaged treetops, plastic, and pieces of canvas that they thought could have been parts of parachutes, but none of what they found was related to the hijacking. Um, and then months later, like they didn't, they did not have a lot. And months later, they went back to these areas and they did ground searches with multiple teams for like months, you know, like days at a time over the course of like two months, they were doing these ground searches covering a lot of land. And they thought they had a lead when they found, uh, like a skeleton and like a little, um, like cabin lean to type situation um it wasn't his it turned out to be a, like a murder victim side oh note God. yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking horrible yeah. horrible a young girl who had gone missing yeah yeah um so and just like weeks prior so that was fucked up um and then also uh mount st helens interrupt or ha- interrupted erupted which was an interruption. In 1980, yeah. Yeah, in 1980, which obviously, like, could have wiped out any evidence at that point. I mean, this was years later. This was yeah. still, like, eight years later. Yeah. Um, but still, like, it... It's it, a lot know. of ground to cover, and it's so much, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's But so if much. there was any evidence in that area at it's, that point in time, yeah. it's gone. It was wiped out by the fucking ash cloud that was spewed by... Yeah. Mount St. Helens at the time. Yeah. Fucking they got no wins on this. No. Uh, And so they kind of I mean, they're trying a lot of different things, just like not this isn't like linear. This is all just things that they're trying like over the years to to see if they can like get some sort of lead. So multiple newspapers and the airline um, after this, like in subsequent years, offered rewards to anyone who turned in the ransom bills, which were all, you know, they all the serial numbers are marked and they let they let those serial numbers out to people to like tell them, hey, check your money. Like, yeah, you and and if you check your money, remember where you got it. If you have one of these bills, come turn it in. We'll give you up to like twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars, like a thousand dollars, whatever. There was all these like campaigns to try and get the this money uh, recovered. But it just led to counterfeiters trying to like make money to swindle the airlines and and the newspapers, which is fun. Yeah. Dumb, (laughs) dumb, dumb. And then we're getting to my favorite part, which Okay, so um, Schaffner and Mucklaud, the two flight attendants, the the one was let off. One was the uh, Schaffner was the one that was kind of like um, the impetus, like Florence. started, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who was the other one? Lisa was her Tina. Name? Tina. Oh, Tina. Four letter word. Yeah, Tina. Um, so they both, when they touched down, obviously the FBI. On Went them. To them, yeah. On them. Like, we need to get your statements. We need to get as much information while it's fresh as you can give us. So that night, they're both interviewed in separate cities. They gave almost identical descriptions of Cooper. And these were considered to be reliable, and they have not changed since that night. Like, mm-hmm. they've, like, kind of revisited or whatever, you know, just as they were checking on the case. Um, and both of the women said that the suspect was around five foot ten. 180 pounds, mid-40s, with close-set, piercing brown eyes, and swarthy skin, which I had to Google. Swarthy is, like, dark. Like, olive Yeah, olive but also, like, maybe weathered. Yeah. Like, like could be, like, tanned and, like, kind of weathered, like, from the outdoors or something. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, based on that description, I think... um, 
uh, ar- sketch artists in both locations pulled together. <laughs> the it's best- Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jimmy Fallon with a fucking pencil dick nose. Uh, it is. These are fucking. I wish I had a pencil <laughs> dick nose. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, a balding Jimmy Fallon. It yeah. is. It is. They are not great um, renditions. I mean, they're fine, and they both look similar, and the eyes are very close, and the chin. But the nose on both of these is very different to me. He looks like, just to bring it back to Marvel for a minute, he looks like Agent Coulson from the Marvel movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, with maybe less of, like, a chiseled chin. Like, like, uh, not as hard of a jawline right here. Right, 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 yeah. That guy's is kind of wider. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is what? Hotter. Hotter. Yeah, hotter. Um also one of them has fucking sunglasses on. Well, he at one point put sunglasses on. Yeah, but like they saw his eyes. Just draw his eyes. Is he is this man only going to be out there wearing sunglasses? That seems like the most pointless. Maybe. Way to sketch like also those it's a very specific style. You could change them. You could they're like like big like kind of movie star wrap sunglasses. Around, yeah, yeah, wrap uh-huh. around. You could be wearing black flies. You could be wearing Ray Bans. You could uh-huh. be wearing aviators. Like there's so many different styles. Why would you just be married in a sketch of this FBI most wanted in one style sunglass? Just you, when stand you're right, sunglasses. You're right. When you're right. Thank you're you. Right. Thank you. Rant <laughs> ended. Well, it's very yeah, these these sketches are you click you yeah, you Google DB Cooper. These sketches will pop up immediately and you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's looks nothing like Tom Hiddleston. No. (laughs) But (laughs) it might be Loki. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't not look like Tom Hiddleston, I guess. I mean, generic white man is like what this the sketch is like. It's just like really no like, you know, wow features here it's just a milk a milk toast 40 year old man who you know is fine looking so who's to say yeah well we should say these sketches did nothing to help probably because he's wearing sunglasses you can only see the bottom of his face and truly the most generic truly sketch (laughs) sketch man of all time so yeah although well we're gonna talk about like someone he looked a lot like Okay. I think, and I think who is who it may have been. But anyway, okay, okay. This case still unsolved. Sketches still. didn't work. None of the money um, serial numbers worked. The searches d- turned up nothing. Like almost vanished into thin air. This vanished, man. vanished. So, but there was one breakthrough piece of evidence which came about in 1980. Um, an eight-year-old boy was vacationing near the Columbia River with his family, about nine miles downriver from Vancouver, mm-hmm. and. This kid was just like digging in the sand, making those little drippy poop castles or whatever, you know, (laughs) that you make on the sand. And he found three packets of money in the sand. They were mostly disintegrated, like the bills, but still bundled with rubber rubber bands. And these were bills that had the serial numbers from the ransom money. This this was the money. The ransom money. Yeah. Some of it. Some of it. And it was three like bundles of it, essentially. And, of course, this was a big deal. Everyone was like, oh, my God, what does this mean? Renewed interest in the oh, case immediately. And people excitement. Were, people were, yeah, very excited yeah. about it. 
Um, yeah, um, and a, a bunch more theories like ugh. got out out into the the wilderness from from this money being found. Yeah, because it's like immediately you think, oh, it's disintegrated. It must he must have like dropped it. Maybe he opened the bag to count it mid parachute because he got bored because <laughs> it was like open and he's just waiting. You know, it's like that long time yeah. before <laughs> before you come to the bottom. Not that I would ever. No, um, never. <laughs> never. Uh, but he, but is like he's counting it. He drops. Oh, <laughs> and then, he, and then he drops them into a river and they wash down and now they're buried. No, these were disintegrated, but they were they they should have been non-existent had these been from the time when he actually yes. jumped off the plane. Like the if fact they'd, if they'd been like exposed for. You know, that eight long. years to the elements, they would have just yeah. simply disintegrated and yeah. been non-existent. The rubber bands at least would have fallen off and yeah. this money would have been scattered everywhere, but they weren't. So, yeah, which then it's like, OK, there, this just makes so many more questions for me. It's like, so did he plant this? Did like to throw everyone off? Did did he do it to make them think he's dead? Did he not need the two hundred k? Like, did he just do all of this to like fuck with people and like have a fun time? What is it? You know, Loki, Loki, got <laughs> a mischief. That's right. Um, well, that was like the one last kind of hurrah where they were like, oh, well, specific to um evidence that yeah. um that. Ever surface from this. Yeah, yeah. that ever mm-hmm. surface. But in the meantime, they were investigating people, and they did mm-hmm. have, like, too many leads, one would say. I would yeah. say too many yeah. leads. Yeah. Um, Because this investigation was closed officially in 2016. Um, Unfortunately, it's unsolved, but yep. they can't keep putting resources towards it. Uh, and during the 45 years the case was open, the FBI had over 1,000 serious suspects, like people they thought – could really be D.B. Cooper. And they eliminated all but around two dozen. So they were busy mm-hmm. for a long time working on this yeah. shit. Um, and, of course, it remains unsolved to this day. And, honestly, there are so many people who could have been D.B. Cooper on this list. And we say people because the list included women, even. Mm-hmm. Like, it, mm-hmm. it is extensive. It's like... You know, some it's like when you're trying to like cut down a wedding list. It's like who goes first, you know? It's like, oh, but then people will be mad if I don't bring this cousin. It's like they're like, oh, this person had the same color hair. They were they have the same last initial. It could be them. They're just like throwing everyone into the mix, it feels like. But then ruling them out, except for about two dozen people. Yeah. And honestly, all things considered, maybe it was a woman because fuck the fact that they asked for fucking two hundred thousand dollars, she undervalued her worth. She did not ask for what she deserved because she felt shy. You know, like I just was like, oh my god, of course it's probably a woman because, <laughs> of course, like no, you need to ask for what you're worth, ma'am, ma'am. Yes, and it's like also just like I googled. Um, like what would the value of two hundred thousand would be today? It's like one point three million, and that's like some Doctor Evil shit. Who you know? If you went through all the trouble to hijack a fucking plane today, would you ask for one point three million? No, twenty million at the least. I'm developing a theory as we speak in my mind right now what? about who it was. <gasps> I'll t- I'll tell you. Let me know who you think it was. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. So. 
also on the topic of like who it could have been. Basically, so many of the suspects were trained military personnel that had served in like World War Two or Vietnam as sky jumpers, pilots, explosive experts, etc. And um, I don't I don't really think it was a woman. I think it was someone very specific. But it makes sense that this person would have like training in all of the areas that like they had the expertise in during that that db cooper had this training you know because he was very he or she was very specific in what they were asking like they would need to have training in parachuting and aircraft piloting and mountaineering and clip-on ties and making probably fake bombs (laughs) and chain smoking like they have to have all this expertise and so it it does make sense yeah that um, it was somebody who was like who was trained in in a military type situation and that was like the majority of the suspects that were narrowed down were all yeah do you think it's amelia Earhart? (laughs) no okay i I don't know when she died but i don't like the 20s or 30s but she was a pilot well but yeah she wouldn't have been in her 40s but oh my god okay do you want to say who you think it was mine's not that fun i think it was the three pilots (gasps) tina the flight attendant and Flo were all in on it and made it up made it up yeah they had but (gasps) they had this guy on the plane maybe he was just like an accomplice yeah and they did this whole elaborate scheme they hid him on the plane when they landed in Reno probably like they were able to smuggle him into the like cargo area or whatever put him in a compartment whatever the fbi scours the plane they you know don't think to look in certain places or something or like when everybody's getting on he puts like an fbi shirt and a mustache on really quick and he's like oh what are we looking for like oh i just showed up or sorry i'm late and people are like it's okay put your gloves on or whatever perks of being a a milquetoast white man you can just blend in with the background especially with the fbi Totally. Yeah. Uh, and <gasps> so all the pilots were like, yeah, the plane dipped. Oh, the door opened. They did this. And they knew the plane better than anybody. How did the money get to where it got then? Someone went and put it there? Like the money the kid found? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that could. Again, okay. Well, okay. They threw it out the window as they were, as they were flying. They, flew, they threw They flung. I don't know. Again, you know what I'm saying okay. My whole in the, I love this theory and I really like it, but <laughs> the hole in it again is the two hundred thousand dollars. But it's split between five people, and it's never been spent. It's never been in circulation. And it's never been spent, which makes me think the person who took it is the fucking god of mischief, and didn't give a shit about the money. Yeah, was only into. But could they go spend the money so in another country? Like, could you go exchange it? But then I guess the serial numbers would still show up. I don't know. If you like know. exchanged it, maybe like, it is out of the maybe it is out of the country. Maybe. maybe. Wow. Well, based on the sketches and the background, um, and the list of people who were like the top contenders for potentially being DB Cooper, mm-hmm. there's a guy named Sheridan Peterson. Based on this person's background so he was uh he fought in world war ii he was like a a sky jumper yeah and he had that like um skill set and uh also something else about him i think was like relevant 
he was like a he's like kind of a radical dude he like got like in like the 60s he was part of the civil rights movement he Mm. like helped build a bunch of like schools to help uh like you know like reintegrate the black community um in the south and he like did all this shit and he got like pretty uh i think like disenchanted with the american everything yeah and fair became like kind of like an anti anti anti-war dude and maybe he was just fucking with the the man at this point i don't know yeah and he didn't even care about the money or need Mm -hmm. it like who knows Uh, but then also that makes me think oh if he was like doing all this good stuff i don't know it's like who has the time for this Mm -hmm. um yeah but the reason i picked him because he looks like that sketch kind of came to life i mean yeah his nose is i mean his nose is not as like pencily as it is in the in the sketch um in real life but like some of the people they have on that list their noses are not even close this guy though his eyes like right here looks exactly like it and the chin looks exactly like everything's very 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 close on yeah to the sketch and i guess like the fbi had questioned him off and on for years and years and years um he died in 2021 so we'll never know but he sounded like a cool dude he he sounded like talks he talked very openly about it like yeah they like totally think it's me yeah i don't know what to say uh that's what makes I would, me like i would think it's me too you know like kind of kind of vibe yeah i don't know there's like several people that look very much like this the sketches yeah, uh that's true but again so white dude yeah it's hard to say i know but I know. this this whole story is there's so much to it i mean there, there's not that much to it it's like pretty straightforward uh but there's so many like conspiracy theories and yeah. you know there's so much more like little pieces of information out in the ether that uh it, we could probably talk for another hour about it but we oh won't God. do that to you yet but no uh, no you know yeah. it's very interesting it's a, it's it's certainly gone down in history as like kind of like american folklore at this point um Ugh. Because nobody got hurt. Nobody, you know, it was audacious. It was the mm-hmm. fucking, the audacity and the confidence of white men. Just, this is the epitome of it, really. Ugh. Hijack a whole ass plane. For not that much money. For not and that much get money. get out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, even in death. Because at this point, even all the suspects that it could have been have died at this point right if this man didn't die upon his quote-unquote escape yeah he's the person who it was is probably more than likely dead at this point from just old age so yeah yeah we'll never know probably i know some people really do think that they know who it is there's so many theories but yeah yeah i know i know it's who's to say He's just the one, Sheridan's just the one that I was like, oh, that looks the most like the sketch to me. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I picked him, but it could truly be anyone. I Yeah. I it, And maybe who, they died, yeah. So, I mean, the Sheridan Peterson guy's dead, so. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll never yeah. know. We'll never they know. they lost those fucking cigarette butts. Oh, but they might have hair. <laughs> yeah, who's to say? <laughs> FBI, god damn it. God damn it. 
I mean, it's fine, but you how know. could you leave us hanging like this? I know, I know, it's so frustrating. But it's a great story. I mean, just in and of itself, it's. I mean, there's a lot about it that is like infuriating and like holy fucking shit. How could this mm-hmm. happen? Yeah. Um, and glad we don't do things like that on <laughs> with the with air travel anymore. Um, yeah. I'm just more afraid of the weird people that get on that put their feet up on the fucking their fucking naked feet. Yeah, on the footrest and shit, <gasps> or, or hang like, out in the aisle, or like break like hard boiled eggs on or a tuna sandwich or something, or like so beef jerky can smell really bad on a plane yeah. too. Yeah, it's like stop, just stop. Uh. All right, uh, that is. All I'm going to say on the topic of D.B. Cooper, what a wild ride. I don't know. Godspeed. No idea what happened here. No, but I loved it. The audacity of this man. <laughs> well, um, you can follow us on social meets. Yep. All the places. All the places. Uh, at DTFU Podcast on every platform. Even TikTok. Even TikTok. It's been a couple weeks since I was we're on vacation. We're old, but we're not that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know how to keep up with the youngs. Mm-hmm. Hi, kids, or whatever. Hey, fellow kids. <laughs> how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> um, and go to our website. It's dtfupodcast.com. Yeah. Oh it's gosh. cool. There's stuff on there that you can watch. Uh, you can go to youtube.com and watch us do this podcast. Yeah. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash DTFU podcast. All the things. Really, I mean, you could just like wherever there's a platform you think we might be on, just search it. We'll be mm-hmm. we'll be there probably. And if we're not there, tell us what it is and maybe we'll put ourselves on there. Yeah. We're no you slouches. Want you want it, we we got it. It's yeah. <laughs> um all right. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh just uh you know what? Stay excellent to yourselves. And each other. Please. Please. Especially on a plane. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, my God. Yeah, if you're not already excellent, then be excellent, you know? Yeah, do it. Yeah. But For the else. good of all of yeah. humanity. Yeah, we're excellent. Don't hijack planes. All right. No. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> and if you see someone who's doing it, fucking take them down. See something, say something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs>